Looking for an assist with your credit card, but you can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 US-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day, or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human in customer service anytime. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Nate! Bill! I love you! Hanny, he can't come from Lafayette Speak to Speak to the English! I'm not pushing Napier! You don't, Hanny, your problem is you don't know. listen. I know what your problem is. Your problem is. is you don't listen. No, you're willing you to answer. You, you say 12 times the show. Of my Charlie, finger. I got to ask gonna you a question. And you ear. don't answer. You don't listen to my answer. I'm going to put your drawers you in a crack your ass. Listen. You don't listen. Good morning, Sweet World, and welcome to the No Dunks Podcast on the Athletic Network. It's Thursday, October 28th. I'm J.E. Skeets, and alongside me, as always, we got Tass Mellis. What's up, guys? What's up, Tass? Got my top shot hot boy, Trey Kirby. Hey-o! Hey-o! Yo. The international man of mystery, taking it to the Max Lielis. Friends. Mm. And last but not least, making the magic happen, super producer J.D. Hello! There he is, and here we are. That cold open, it's going to be us in like 15, 20 years. Just <laughs> screaming at each other. You don't listen. What does the one guy say, too? Does he threaten a wedgie on that guy? Oh, does he yeah. say, I'm going I'm your... to pull your drawers at the crack of your ass. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> Amazing. Uh, shout out to the stream team joining us live on YouTube right now. We see you. Uh, if you haven't already, take a second. Smash that like button. Subscribe. Comment. Share the show. TK. Graydon Gordian and I, we dropped a new No Breaks episode yesterday for all you F1 fans. Broke down Max Verstappen's uh, US GP win over Hamilton. We went through all of the NBA meets F1 activations and highlights. There was a lot to talk about with that. And, uh, you know, generally I just asked a bunch of dumb questions for uh, for a good 60 to 70 minutes to Trey. And mainly, mainly Graydon, who is our F1 expert. So go check that out. Uh, no breaks. That is in your no dunks feed here on YouTube, Apple, Spotify. I appreciated those dumb questions. Oh, okay, because, good. Uh, it was very informative for me. So thank you for asking the dumb questions. Okay, good, so. good. Uh, so maybe I'll be back to ask some more if you liked it so much, JD. Uh, <laughs> we got a lot to get to. I say that every show. Tons of games on Wednesday night. Let's start with the Lakers, Lily, blowing a 26 point lead and Westbrook. Got ejected late in that one uh, as the Thunder get their first one of the season. But yeah, Russ pretty pissed off with uh, Beasley's dunk with a couple seconds to go when it was over. Just dribble it out, kid. Don't do that. Don't do that. So it was a second tech and he got ejected. But uh, a wild game with the Lakers up huge in the first quarter and then Thunder coming back and then this uh, little incident at the end. What, what do you think, Lily? Well, Josh Giddy cooked him as well. We'll get to that a little Ooh. bit later on here. But, the, you know, the great thing about unwritten rules is because they're unwritten, you can make them up to suit whatever your side of the argument is. And that's what Westbrook did last night because... What he's referring to is that when the, when one team's ahead, you don't run up the score or try to humiliate or embarrass the opponent. But the problem here for Russ is the Lakers were still competing. They hadn't emptied their bench. In fact, they still had their best players on the court. And you kind of need to signal to the other team, okay, we're conceding. And for Russ, 
to do that, he could have come down into the backcourt there, inbounded the ball from Rondo and dribbled out the clock because they had possession and they had, what, five and a half seconds to go there. But you know that the Lakers, if they got the ball, they were shooting a three to hope for some sort of miracle finish there. So they were still competing. Mm-hmm. So Darius Baisley and the Thunder were still competing. And that's exactly <laughs> what they should do. You know, he came in, stole the ball, and it was like, well, my momentum is taking me in here for a dunk. And it confirmed the result for a team that hadn't won all season, were down 26 points at one point. They're not going to get a whole lot of victories this season. And it was a perfectly reasonable thing for Baisley to do. Westbrook looks like a sore loser. He looks like a bad sport. And worst of all, he's trying to hide by some moral bullshit ethics that like, oh my God, what a, what a crime Baisley committed out there. That is unforgivable. We know it doesn't really exist. We know what he's, again, what he's trying to imply. If Baisley does a 360 uh, after the Lakers, you know, again, are starting to walk off the court. Okay, that's kind of what Westbrook's referring to. He didn't do that. It wasn't poor sportsmanship. It wasn't anything to rub it in anyone's face. It was like, oh, thank God, we're finally going to get a win in front of our home fans. I'm just dunking the ball because I stole it and there's no one there defending and I put it in. Westbrook just looks like an asshole. He absolutely does in this case. And uh, the Lakers blew this game. That they had so many chances in that last 30 seconds to even extend the game and maybe steal it, and they couldn't hit a three-pointer. The Thunder panicked several times, threw the yep. ball away, uh, but the uh, Lakers weren't able to cash in it. So, Russ, I'm sorry. You have absolutely no case here. You deserve to be ejected. Um, you just look like a, a dick and a sore loser. And, and what Baisley <laughs> and the Thunder did was completely above board, and uh, there's nothing they did there that you know was insulting to the Lakers or anybody right. else on the court. Right. He might also look like a hypocrite uh, because NBA Reddit got to work finding a clip of Westbrook basically doing the same thing. You know, a late dunk when the game is over. Here it is. It was when he was with OKC. I mean, pretty similar yeah, here. Similar, uh, almost but, the exact same dunk. Yeah. yeah. Yep. I mean, not not quite the same because they were still the game was in the balance at that point. But I, I get the point that he. You he were right though. The, the game was still yeah. technically in the balance in last night's game. Absolutely. So if the Lakers yeah. had emptied, they had Ed Davis on. They had yeah. Carmelo, Westbrook, Rondo, and Bazemore. I think it was. If Anthony Davis is on the court, the Lakers haven't given up the game. So, you know, Westbrook's got nothing to complain about here other than that was a disgusting loss from the Lakers. Yeah. But, I mean, when you got when you got the Canadian-Australian backcourt, they're cooking you like... Uh, <laughs> oh, yeah, got two uh, all-stars in the OKC backcourt <laughs> now. Just Alexander. I mean, man, what an incredible <laughs> comeback. Uh, just with Westbrook, this is what he said, Tass, uh, after the game. You know, he's asked about this incident, of course. He says, it's how I play the game. I'm more old school. And when shit like that happens, I don't let it slide. In the game of basketball, there's certain things you just don't do. Like in baseball, you don't flip the bat. Uh, so he's also not a fan of that, Tass. Uh, what's, your, what's your take on this? I feel like we do this every six months on this show, Tass, <laughs> where we have this exact conversation about the unwritten rule of not dunking the ball late when it's you know, almost over. But anything new to add to this one? We definitely have this conversation yeah. a couple times a year, but I think this is the first time baseball has been brought in <laughs> yeah. to strengthen the argument, and that's how bad this argument is from Russell right. Westbrook. you got to bring another sport into it that is far more old school than basketball. Come on, Russ. I mean, get with the kids. We don't need to bring in baseball rules into this. A baseball rule that isn't even freaking used anymore. Everybody's flipping bats in baseball because it's cool. You know, I, I think we're uh, exaggerating how much how mad Russ got. He said, "Don't do that ten times on the floor." After Basley <laughs> right. did it, he's like, "Yeah, don't do that. Don't do that. 
He didn't say another <laughs> word. Not a curse word. True. Not, not a do not do that, which would have been more stern. He just said, don't do that. Don't do that. When the ref kicked him out, he walked off the floor. I mean, he wasn't really all that mad. He was, yeah, obviously more pissed with the Lakers. Uh, but then he weakened his argument with this bat thing. I mean, this the fact that this is the number one headline on a 10-game night where the Kings got a big win, you got the Cavs, the Heat knocking off the, the Nets. Uh, it's just, I know how the algorithm works. Yes, a guy got mad. I'm going to click on that. But, ugh. No need to talk about that. Especially, it was just such a nothing burger. And I understand what Baisley was doing. Like, yeah. like, yeah, I think it's a different... The, the rust clip we just showed, he came from the backcourt. He could have dribbled out the ball against the Phoenix Suns, whatever that clip was from. Uh, in this case, you had Baisley get it in the front court. He was going towards the hoop. Yeah, he could have pulled back, but why not slam a jamma for his fans on the first night of the season where they got a win... There's only one more uh, unbeaten, or sorry, a winless team in the NBA, and that's the Detroit Pistons. Frickin' celebrate, OKC. What's wrong with that? Uh, Trey, anything to add to this thing? I don't know. Lee called Westbrook an asshole and a dickhead, and Tass said this was a nothing burger. So I feel like (laughs) give Lee a gavel. He has ruled. Westbrook has no case here. He was mad. That's it. You're mad. This was... Cameron going on Bill O'Reilly and pointing. You're mad, buddy. They blew a huge lead and looked like fools. And it's even worse for Westbrook since he's there in Oklahoma City. Of yeah. course he was yeah. upset. He's got no case. No Casey, if you will. Um, <laughs> he also is, I assume, a little upset with the uh, quadruple double he posted uh, last night, Lee. I'm talking about the 20 points, yes. 14 boards, 13 assists, and the 10 turnovers. Uh, this is a, This was a rough... Westbrook game uh and yeah a rough Lakers loss with no LeBron I should point that out especially when they're up huge and then just get hammered over the final three quarters um but you wanted to talk a little bit about your guy Josh Giddy, who has played really well at the start of the season um he had one stinker there the other night but yeah. man he's he's looked really solid and played well in this one yeah and uh he had a double double there last night now uh where, where was it you're talking to us about you know a, a stat um, you know, we, we got baited into a stat where it was like, you know, the the, the youngest, I think, to have a double-double oh, yeah, since, yeah, yeah. <laughs> someone, mm-hmm. since LeBron or something like that. But uh, Josh's passes are really incredible. He often hits the guy right in the spot where he needs to be. Uh, and that is a really good sign there because I worried, and I think the big the scouting report about Giddy was how effective his shooting would be during the season. Well, two for five from downtown last night, seven for 13 from the field. 18 points, 10 assists, uh, but they just really didn't give up. They stayed in the game, and Gilgis Alexander, I think, early on got them going. You know, Gilgis Alexander's got a real Kyle Anderson slow-mo to his game there. You know, that that sidestep three, it's like you see it coming, you're waiting for it, and he still gets it off in time. Defenders don't get to it, so uh, that's great. But, you know, we were talking yesterday about the Thunder, how basically they're tanking, you know, they're not competitive, and that's just not good. Well, last night, they really did flip the script. They stayed in this game when they could have easily mailed it in and said, yeah, we're down 26. We're not going to keep fighting. But instead, they did. Favors came back. I thought he was decent for them. But, you know, if you're a fan of the Thunder, and uh, I know someone was tweeting the night before that there were a ton of empty seats. I'm not sure if it was sold out or not last night. But, I mean, you still want your fans to turn up and be excited that you're going to get a competitive team. And so more performances from like that is really what they need to show that, hey, we're not going to, we know we're probably not going to make the playoffs, of course, but you just at least want to see your team fight and scrap. And they eventually did that. It wasn't a great first half for them, but uh, they got there in the end. And I, I just thought they were going to lose it. I just thought there's no way they're going to hold on to win. Uh, but they did. And I will say, if you're the Lakers this morning, that last 30 seconds, 
Malik Monk just fired away as if he was Steph Curry. Carmelo, okay, he airballed that three on the turnover. I think it was actually a giddy bad pass to get that in there, mm-hmm. and they missed that. And Westbrook also just clunked one uh, that didn't even get close. So you wonder what they were doing down the stretch there because, okay, the, you know, the, there was this is uh, like Malik Monk, for example. It wasn't like there was two seconds on the clock and there was no, nothing else happening. It seemed that they got the turnover. Frank Vogel called the timeout with about 15 seconds to go. And Malik Monk either just said, it's Malik Monk time, or Frank Vogel just decided, what the hell, just shoot it if you want. I mean, wouldn't you at least want Anthony Davis to touch the ball, draw some attention, and then kick it out to one of the shooters? Bazemore was out there. Uh, You know, Malik Monk, he can hit the three. Carmelo was on the court. But instead... I mean, what was going on in that huddle there? Like, I, we, we watch so much basketball, right? We'll never be at the level of like an, an NBA head coach where you've, there's so many nuances to every single play that you set up. But then you watch something like that and you're just like, what, what was he talking about in the timeout? Just nothing? <laughs> just like, hey, Malik, Malik, if you get the ball, fire away, Shoot man. It. It's your time. Like, and you know what? 10 seconds go, great. No worries. I mean, if I'm the Thunder, I'm, I'm like, okay, guys, expect Anthony Davis. Because I didn't even necessarily need a three at that point. You know, right. two, put the Thunder on the line. Let's see if this young team can close it out. Dort just knocked in a couple of free throws. Can he do it again? Put Giddy at the line, someone like that. But instead, it was like an awful, awful offensive possession for a team that, you know, that hasn't started the season off very well. And they've just about blown a, uh, an unlosable game at that point. Yeah. Maybe they were writing the unwritten rules in that last timeout. <laughs> just jotting them down just in case one of them was broken in the final 30 seconds. That's really good. Got uh, Westbrook mad. Don't do that. We just wrote that down. You can't yeah. do that one. Yeah. Yeah. Don't do that. Yeah. No, it, it was uh, some really brutal uh, offensive possessions, like you said, Lee, especially when you have Anthony Davis. Um, you know, you have a top 75 guy here. You may want to go through him. Yeah, yeah. That's, a, that's a fair point. Uh, this was just a wild, wild comeback. Shea Gildas Alexander, Trey, I got to bring it up uh, because I got the crazy bet going. Will he be an all star? It's going to be tough. They're not going to win a lot of games, and there's so much talent in the West. But another monster game from him. He hit five threes. Um, overall, what did he end with? 27 points, nine boards, five assists. He's what I like now, Trey. Is he's trying to win you over. He's dropping a Michael Jordan shrug during the game <laughs> to try and get the Bulls fan, his favorite player of all time, MJ. Like he's trying to get Trey Kirby on the SGA uh, 2022 All Star uh, bandwagon. It's amazing. But he had another incredible game, and he does. I'm with you, Lee. We've talked about it before. He moves weird, man. He's just got a strange, he's got a weird mood to him. Yeah, very lanky. Uh, very Schumann lanky. mentioned it here in the stream team. Both SGA and Just. Josh Giddy kind of play at their own pace. Like, they just move in weird ways, and I think that's super impressive from Giddy, honestly, to be 19 years old. Except for his face, he doesn't look like he's 19 years old. The way he changes pace and the way he's just able to uh, control possessions in the half court. So, I don't know. I was impressed to see that Giddy was the trigger man for uh, their last clutch play with Derek Favors there. Good thing they rested him. You see that lift getting off the floor there for that bucket? Woo! Weak on the legs, but he was feeling good last night. But yeah, SGA was great. 27-9. and He can get to his spot, it feels like, basically anytime he wants to. And I can already see it for a future where... Um, the Oklahoma City Thunder become a major no-dunks team here. Like you're saying, they got a Canadian who is trying to win over the Chicago audience. They've got an Australian who handles the ball all the time. And they've got Isaiah Roby, 13 points last night. An Illinois boy went to mm. a tiny, tiny high school. Wow. So good stuff from the Thunder. When will they get their next win? Who cares? They got one last night, and they riled up one of their all-time greats in the process. 
Yeah, Tass, just before we move on from this game. Concerned at all here about the Lakers? Very slow start. I know uh, LeBron hasn't played in the last two, but yeah, I mean, some Lakers fans are panicking. Uh, do they have the right to do so? They need to gel when those big three are on the floor, but Anthony Davis and LeBron are playing you know, like their peak levels, pretty close to it. So when you got those two going, uh, no, they shouldn't, there shouldn't be a panic. I think an unwritten rule, which was confirmed last night, was that any team can be beaten on any night in the association. Mm-hmm. doesn't feel like that with the OKC Thunder. It doesn't feel like they can win on any night because they're tanking. Um, but I think when they're going into the huddle like that at the end of the games and they're not giving Anthony Davis the ball, he wasn't touching it. It was just a, a chuck fest. They just thought that we could win. No, that really, really they, I mean, they, they obviously gave up that huge, huge lead, but they just thought we could just roll over these guys. We don't have to plan anything. Uh, so I think to me, it felt good watching a game where at least these guys who are, are definitely not the best thing that OKC can put out there because they've given up on so many guys. At least, at least that unwritten rule was kind of confirmed to me. Now it's not really a rule, but it's kind of it's an adage. It's a saying. Any team can be beaten, and that felt it felt good. It felt good to get the Lakers knocked off when they just they stopped playing there uh, late. And yeah, obviously Anthony Davis should have been hammering it down on the Moose or Derek Favors. Like why? Why the heck not? Why wouldn't he? All right, let's keep it going here. So many games to touch on. Bam Adebayo, 24 points. He pulled away to beat the Nets 106-93. I watched this one this morning. Tass, what were your big takeaways? Well, last year, uh, the Nets offense masked everything that they had uh, as a problem on the defensive end. They had the best offense in the league last year, and that's with Harden coming over midseason. That's with uh, Kevin Durant being injured for a couple months. That's with Kyrie having personal issues and leaving the team. They had the best offense in the league last year. That was with James Harden coming into the season, even though he was, you know, tossing up dollars before the season and not trying at all with the Houston Rockets. He came in and was great with the Brooklyn Nets. He's now scored 15 or under in three straight games. He had 14 last night. That's the first time he's ever done that, or he's done that since. He was a bench player with the OKC Thunder nearly a decade. He just ain't right. And this looks like the Brooklyn Nets last year in the playoffs when... Kyrie got hurt, and Harden was playing on one leg. There's only one guy who can score, and that's Kevin Durant. So this is just a strange-looking team that's now 2-3. and three. I thought uh, training camp would help this team. I thought they would just be better because they had a little bit of camaraderie. But obviously, Kyrie's not there, and James Harden has said that he hasn't recovered from his hamstring. I thought that he would be playing 5-on-5 five five in the summer, but he said, this is sort of my training camp right now because I had that hamstring injury last year, and it took months to recover from, I, I guess because it was a recurring injury. He said he had a grade one hamstring uh, injury three times, uh, and he's always healthy. So I just assume that that's the case. I don't really think it's him drawing or unable to draw foul calls. I mean, uh, there's some some great threads out there of James Harden being unable to draw foul calls, but he just, he just looks like a bad basketball player. He just looks like half of himself out there. So maybe as he goes through this camp, he gets better. That, uh, that was the biggest thing is that even though – uh, the uh, Nets allowed 31 second chance points because they've got some rebounding problems. Uh, a lot of offensive rebounds. They still could have won this game if James Harden is himself. They, they should still should have won this game. The Heat played well. And this is the opportunity. This is the door right here for Kyrie Irving to come in and be the savior for this team if he wants. <laughs> All he has to do is get one shot. He can come in the next day. You don't even have to get the double shot. Uh, just one single shot, you're in there. And he would obviously make the team better. They're two and three, and, and so there's no... 
huge, huge worry. But uh, when is Harden going to get right? I just, it's just the timeline seems kind of weird to me. He was in camp and now he's still playing bad. So I guess it's the injury. But uh, I, it's got to be mental too, just not being able to play the same way he used to play, drawing those fouls. Uh, Miami, yeah, outscored Brooklyn forty-eight to thirty-four in the paint, and you said the rebounding numbers there, sixty-two to forty-two. Miami hammered them uh, on the inside, and that's sort of been a recurring uh, theme here early in the season for the Nets, Trey. 17 offensive rebounds for the Heat. They just played a lot harder than Brooklyn did. The Miami Heat tried to get out in transition every time, uh, basically, against Mm -hmm. the Nets last night, whether it was a make or a miss or a turnover. The Heat were ready to run, and, you know, the Nets are not a fast team, right? Like, Kevin Durant, probably their best athlete. James Harden, not a fast guy. Blake Griffin, he ain't fast anymore. Paul Millsap, he's huffing and puffing to try and keep up. LaMarcus Aldridge, also a slow guy. So Bam Adebayo, eight. 24 points last night, eight of 17. I don't know if all eight makes were dunks, but it sure felt like it because he's got great chemistry right now already with Jimmy Butler from playing together a few seasons. And Lowry's starting to find him on alley-oops as well. Mm -hmm. I was super impressed with the Heat. They looked like they really, really wanted this game, and they made it a point to press their advantage because they, you know, you look at this, obviously you think that the Nets are going to be the better offensive team. They held the Nets to 93 points and the Heat were getting easy shots, making sure they got into transition and early offense. The threes started dropping a little bit, not enough for the Heat. They only made eight, but they didn't need a whole bunch last night. So Duncan Robinson hit a few big ones um, and uh, Max Strews hit a nice one as well. So I was impressed with the Heat. Uh, They just look like they already kind of understand how to play together, which is kind of impressive considering Lowry's coming in. He's not doing a whole bunch on offense, but he's doing Lowry stuff, getting the ball ahead fast and finding open guys. Anything to add to this game, Lily? Uh, just really emphasizing what the other guys are saying there. Defensively, I just don't think the Nets have enough. Uh, and that Heat team, they spread the floor out as well. Kyle Lowry is such an important upgrade, I think, for them. He doesn't have to score a ton, but he sort of can uh, facilitate the offense there very, very nicely, get everyone their shots. Then Tyler Hero comes off the bench. Didn't shoot all that well last night, but he's just another scorer for them. And, uh, yeah, Bam was was virtually able to do whatever he wanted. He's, he's very big. He's very athletic. And when you've got LaMarcus and Paul Millsap, Uh, Millsap especially did not look all that good out there last night. They just look so outclassed. And that's, of course, with Blake Griffin in the starting lineup. I mean, these guys are physical and they're strong, but athletically, Bam really should be able to feast against those guys. So uh, that's still the concern there for the Nets is that that interior defense or just that interior presence that they haven't got. They're trying to sort of patch it up, though, with veterans. But those veterans are uh, starting to show their age a little, I thought. Uh, we did have some, uh, or had a milestone in this one. Joe Harris passed Jason Kidd as the Nets' all-time leader in three-pointers made last night. Weird. Uh, yeah, it took yeah. him a lot less games than Jason Kidd, but I got a trivia question. Why not? Can you guys name, well, you know the first two now, the top five Nets sharpshooters in terms of made three-pointers? Joe Harris, 816. What? Jason Kidd, 813. And can you name the next three? Total I know Vince is on that list. I was Ooh, surprised that Vince, Vince wasn't number two. Uh, yep, Vince yeah, is fourth, like Lily. Fourth, right, yeah. Jefferson? Uh, nope. Scary Carrie? Ah, number oh, three. Right. Uh, coming in, Carrie Kittle. 687 nice, nice. three-pointers mm, made. Shout out to Tassis. Halloween Old treat. Halloween cast. Uh, Mary yeah. Skittles. Uh, final one. Yeah, no, not Richard Jefferson. Um Somebody wrote it. Wrote in Keith Van Horn here in the stream. Oh, that KDH. Nope, nope, nope. Darren Williams. Bang. No. no. Oh. Wow, that's kind of surprising. Yeah. Uh, Lucius Harris. No. no. Um, you know he's. Uh, you know he retired. Uh, 
a couple years ago. I mean, he, yeah, like a couple years ago. But he kept, he kept playing in another league, and he was making some headlines in that league. Stephon, Stephon. Barberry? No. Oh, oh, we got it. We got it in the in the stream team here. Oh, Joe, Joe Johnson. Joe Johnson. Oh. Yes. Yeah, fifth Jeez. place. I know. Oh. I thought that was a little difficult, too. That's why I asked it. So there you go. Mm. Uh, but, yeah, it is weird, uh, Trey. Joe Harris, number one. Nets franchise three-pointers made list. I, guess I think it was uh, maybe Trenton Hassel's Carmelo on Twitter who said that this stat kind of just shows you that people don't have long careers on the Nets. Like, sticking around <laughs> and playing for the Nets. Because, like, Joe Harris... Like you're saying, he's kind of been there maybe longer than most of those other guys you named on the list. Yeah. So uh, for him to be, I mean, obviously the game has changed, but for him to be topping the list already, that's strange to me. Yeah. Like Kirk Heinrich holds the record for the Bulls, which is weird as wow. well, but at wow. least he was there for a long, long time. Uh, uh, so I don't know. Yes, and uh, shout out to a longtime listener here, Joe Johnson, a.k.a. the Armadillo <laughs> Cowboy good good pull two, two um, surprising things two surprising things yeah. I, I think this is gonna it's gonna happen a lot more in, on different franchises because buddy healed just surpassed page stoyakovich as the most threes for the sacramento kings wow um which yeah you, i don't know we're living through this era yeah we live through the whole buddy healed kings era <laughs> you just don't think of it that way but yeah the game has changed number one number two i actually tweeted the graphic of this Nets top five last night, and I didn't, <laughs> even, still didn't even look at three, four, five. It's like Joe past Jason. That's all I cared oh. about. Didn't even care about three, four. <laughs> How dare you? You're a Kerry Kittles fan, too. I am. Yeah. I, I can't can't believe KVH isn't on there. Yeah. Or Lucius. <laughs> okay, uh, we got lots more games still here. Let's go to this one next. Harrison Barnes hits a three at the buzzer. Kings beat the Suns 110-107. Trey, Harrison Barnes does it again, man. This is all this guy does. Hits game-winning threes. I think it's his third of his career, if I have that right. Well, let me ask you guys something. Did you eat breakfast this morning? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes. yes. Wow, you guys actually all ate breakfast this morning? <laughs> <laughs> That's a bigger shocker to me than, <laughs> than Joe Harris being number one on the Nets three-point list. I don't know where to go from here. Y'all really ate breakfast this morning. Yeah, I had two eggs. I didn't. Oh, I didn't, uh, Trey. There we go. That's a no classic old man me. move right there. <laughs> I thought we were just having coffees in the morning, guys. What? Lee, how do you have time to eat breakfast after you make your coffee for 45 minutes? <laughs> <laughs> this is incredible uh, to nah. me. I have breakfast with the boys and then the coffee after I take them to school because I do need a little extra time. I don't like to be interrupted when I make my espresso. Well, (laughs) either way, we've been streaming here for about a half hour. I assume y'all didn't eat right before the show started, which is good. JD, roll that beautiful beef footage. (laughs) Oh my God. (laughs) DeAndre Ayton had 21 rebounds. Sun down, beef up. That's a lot of roast beef, which is rebounds. Trey, you might have a problem, man. You might have a problem. This guy wants to get to the beef highlights before a Harrison Barnes game-winning three. Uh Uh-oh. That was incredible. All right, come on. This was a big beef. Not as impressive as if DeAndre Ayton would have gotten his beef in the finals, which Chris Paul stole. But I like to see him getting a beef. We are always blessed to get a beef. And I think he's going to have more because... Basically, the Suns just let him grab every rebound. They play pretty small. They all run back down the floor and just let him grab the boards. 
But the reason I really asked is if you guys are hungry was, yeah, we got the beef, but that's just the appetizer because we're gonna need to order some deep dish pizza. It's just one week, but Harrison Barnes <laughs> is at the MVP table. Skates. Oh my God, what? It's just one week, get them in now. We invite everybody early in the season. 22 points for Harrison Barnes last night. Hit the buzzer-beating game winner. I think you're right. I think it's his third yeah. of his career. He did Two one with though. the Mavericks, and then he did last year with the Kings, yeah. That's exactly right. Two this calendar year. Uh, he's putting up 27 and 10 so far this season on 51% shooting from the field, 51 from three. I'll always remember him from having a Skittle on his leg in an all-star game, so <laughs> I'd love to see the Harrison Barnes blow up. Real talk, though, the Kings got a little bit lucky here. Had a 10-point lead with three minutes remaining after Tyrese Halliburton hit a crazy three uh, from the left corner. But then Sacramento got a little bit jumper happy, kind of forgot to play defense, and it was looking like a classic Kings loss. Like, they thought they had this game won when Halliburton hit that three from the corner, kind of turned off the gas. But in the last minute, got a stop on Devin Booker, and then the huge shot by Harrison Barnes, who has been great for the Kings so far this season. So welcome to the table, buddy boy. Wow, Take Harris. a seat. That's a, Those are some incredible stats right there after one week. Uh, and yeah, what a shot, Tass. I mean, there's like a second and a half, and Fox basically just hands it to him. <laughs> and Barnes has Booker <laughs> on him, and he's much bigger, and he just jumped, and he turned, and he rised over him, and splashes the game-winning three and then celebrated classic Harrison Barnes style and uh you know a little scream and then everybody jumped on him but <laughs> it's a hell of a shot and these guy he has been amazing as as the vet on this uh young king squad yeah he has Luke is just telling him you're our number one score you're our number one guy you're gonna shoot every time we need you to just let it rip uh, talking about threes he wants him to shoot eight threes a game does that keep up with this Sacramento Kings team? There's always questions with this Kings team. The, the next thing watching this this two and two squad is that uh, Buddy Heald is playing defense and he's buying in, and guys are just listening to Luke Walton. Buddy Heald, a possession before, was able to stop Devin Booker in a one on one situation because Devin Booker was trying to hit the game winner. Buddy Heald, a defensive stopper. What? Uh, I, he hit three seven uh, seven threes off the bench. Uh, and this was a guy who didn't want to come off the bench. It sure seemed like he was going to be traded out of town, but our guys are, are buying in. Uh, he was a real key in this game. Uh, they were able to take the lead when he went on this little run in the third quarter. He had 14 points in six minutes, just buddy, just buddy time because he's uh, off the bench and he is that spark. It's a perfect role for him, but he's also playing defense, finished the game with 26. So, you know, there's those couple things uh, that may not last long with this Kings team where we're always pumped in October and November and then they fall back to earth. But they've got something that could go the other way. De'Aaron Fox hasn't started very well. Uh, not at all. He just doesn't look like De'Aaron Fox at all. So, you know, that can go the other way. But this team, um, you know, there's always a surprise that jump into the playoffs and... Uh, this could be the Kings' year, maybe, perhaps. <laughs> Some year it has to be the Kings' year to be One the year. surprise team in the playoffs. 15 straight to. years, no playoffs. It's about time. Lee, anything to uh, add to the Kings' victory here? I, I, I did see Kings Herald, the great Sacramento blog. They wrote, this team is determined to give Kings fans or get them into an early grave because the games are <laughs> always a little too close for comfort. Uh, but they pulled it out in the end. What do you got? 
Well, I'm just actually going to have a little bit of look at the Suns here and think, I wonder if they're suffering a little bit of a hangover from last season. Mm. Only one and three so far. Chris Paul, another pretty ordinary game from him. And Devin Booker just not shooting the ball. Well, he had 31 points last night, but took him 28 shots, only shooting 33% from three on the season as well. So I just wonder if the uh, the Suns are just struggling a little bit here to just get going after what happened last season. And, you know, when you make the finals, you draw a lot of attention. So teams are like, man, this Suns team is good. No, you know, significant injury concerns right now. So uh, they're finding it, I think, a little bit more challenging just with that, uh, with the with the target on their back uh, coming into this season. So I'm sure they'll be fine. They'll shake it off. But 0-2 at home so far. And, uh, you know, a game against the Kings, you would think that's one they can get the win from, but uh, couldn't do it last night. Um, Tassie said Buddy Heald playing a little defense, which is rare. So you had me searching basketball reference here while you were uh, talking about Buddy. Had he ever had a game where he had two steals and two blocks in the same wow. contest? The answer was no. <laughs> That's not very high. Respect. I mean, wow. Um, you know, he had games where he had two blocks, maybe. Not a lot of those. Games where he had more than two steals, of course. But two and two in the same game. First time in Buddy Heald's career that he achieved... Uh, those numbers so you were right you know the the eye test passes uh he had never done that before yeah his nickname's not buddy blocks it's buddy buckets i guess um buddy buckets buddy love i always forget the third one buddy fresh wasn't it oh fresh yes yes because he dresses well that's right yeah (laughs) that's right all right so congrats to the kings uh on the victory they uh improved to to two and two not bad we're also going to talk about a bunch of other teams in the association that are maybe uh Exceeding expectations early, because a lot of them picked up more wins last night, but we'll get to them after a quick break to hear from our sponsors. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but you can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 US-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human in customer service anytime. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Call 1-800-DIRECTV. Claim based on total games carried on sports networks. Sports availability varies by zip code and requires choice package. Terms or restrictions apply. All right, back with No Ducks here. Let's get into some more games from a busy Wednesday night. We had Miles Bridges, Gordon Hayward leading the Hornets past the Magic 120 to 111. They're 4 and 1 now the Hornets are. Montrez Harrell helped the Wizards beat the Celtics 116-107. The Wizards 3 and 1. Cavs beat the Clips for the first time since 2016, 92 to 79. What the hell was going on in that game? Cleveland 3 and 2, and then we had D'Angelo Russell and Carl Anthony Towns leading the Wolves to a rare win at Milwaukee. And the Wolves are 3-1. and one. I lump all of those together, guys, because I have a fun question, I think, for you here and everybody in the stream team. Which team of those four that won last night and have a winning record early in the year do you have the most confidence in? The Hornets, the Wizards, the Cavs, or the T-Wolves? Trey, get us started. Well, Skeetonator, let me walk you through my thought process okay. here. Lee guaranteed is going to talk about the Hornets. 
right? Yeah. Actually not. Actually oh. not because uh, I thought they were going to get the victory last night. But uh, I'll talk about the other team if you don't cover it. <laughs> Taos? Cavs? Mm, actually, no. You're <laughs> having <laughs> a rough, rough day here, Trey, with your questions for us. Jeez. Jeez. <laughs> First breakfast now. I know. <laughs> all right, man. You're in O2 uh, hole. You're, you're coming through with the base hit. Here we go. Bags of juice. Uh, I'm going to take an intentional walk on the Washington Wizards. <laughs> okay. Already talked about them this week. No way I'm saying nice things about them twice. Okay. So let me howl at the wolves. <laughs> a couple great players in Cat and Ant, a couple of uh, animal-themed creatures. They're both balling out, and somehow the Timberwolves have the fifth best defense in the league right now. They got a monster win uh, last night, beating the Bucks in Milwaukee. Giannis played, had 40 points. As Anthony Edwards said afterwards, we know he's going to score. I hope I'm like that someday. They also had Chris Middleton, no Jeru Holiday, but still an impressive win uh, for the Timberwolves. 25 for Cat, 25 for Ant, and the best game of the season thus far for D'Angelo Russell, 29 points and 6 assists. The thing that was most encouraging about this one to me is that... Uh, the Timberwolves only forced eight turnovers against the Bucks. I think that the main reason the Timberwolves' defense has been so good this season is that they're second in the league in forcing turnovers. That doesn't always hold up as the season goes on and teams kind of adjust to how you're playing. But to beat a Bucks team when you only got eight turnovers, I thought was super impressive. Anthony Edwards just straight up looks like a better player already after finishing the season strong last year. He roasted Chris Middleton a couple of times in the fourth quarter, including a huge and one with about 15 seconds left. I think Carl Anthony Towns' mental game feels a little bit stronger now. The Bucks made a comeback in the fourth quarter last night, but Minnesota did not fold. And I got to admit it, Patrick Beverly has given them a little bit of an edge here. They've got guys all in their rotation uh, in McDaniels, Okoji, and Jared Vanderbilt who aren't like great players, aren't great scorers, but they're out there getting steals and playing defense. That's the Patrick Beverly influence right there. To me, the Timberwolves look better. They look more intense. I think the 10th seed is in play for Minnesota, for sure. All right, great start to their season. Well, let's find out where Lee's going to go. You're not going Hornets at 4-1? and one? No. Uh, really? What? No, well, just before we get to that, uh, we're talking about league, uh, team franchise leaders in three-pointers. Guess who leads the Timberwolves, according to the stream team here? According to the stream team? We're not yeah, so I haven't fact-checked this? this one, but it, uh, it seems legit. Legit <laughs> okay. enough. You okay, know. okay. Yeah. Timberwolves. Uh, uh, why are they asking? It's got to be weird. It's uh, very weird. It's very weird. You do weird. associate this guy with the Timberwolves. Mike Miller. Lefty. A lefty from the 90s. Peeler? Anthony Peeler, what? according to Carl Espen in the uh, stream team here. So <laughs> I haven't fact-checked right. it, but good okay. enough for me. So uh, that probably does seem <laughs> right. But Anthony Edwards, you mentioned that and one at the end there, Trey. He missed the free throw, but then did seal those next two free throws. I loved seeing that. Because you want to see the young guy. He got the ball from the inbounds and he went. He knew he was going back to the free throw line and he knocked him in comfortably. But I'm uh, maybe I'm treading on Tass's toes a little bit here, talking about the Cavs. Another super impressive victory by them against the Clippers, who kind of were asleep in this game early on. And the Cavs didn't let up. And uh, Colin Sex, 
sixth and had three dunks in the first quarter, including a lefty and then a two-hand putback, which were just huge. That, you know, there's a lot of talk about whether or not Sexton is going to be there long term. Are they looking to trade him? The way he's been playing lately and especially last night, no, no way. That backcourt with him and Garland is looking very, very nice. Kevin Love again off the bench. Didn't shoot all that well, but gave them some boost. And Ricky Rubio, I heard someone speculating he may be in the All-Star uh, con- uh, contention. Another very, very impressive performance <laughs> from him off the bench. But uh, look, the Cavs, maybe teams are looking at them and just thinking, this is the Cavs. We know they're not going to be uh, very competitive. But they've been super competitive. Mobley, another double-double for him last night. Very, very impressive win. The Clippers uh, just can't quite get out of uh, first gear themselves either right now. Paul, Paul George didn't shoot at all well last night. But uh, man, the Cavs, I remember this time last season. Cavs were one of the funnest teams to watch. Yeah. Yeah. They had it going on. Maybe it's just that first month uh, bump they've got. But uh, the Sexland backcourt, fantastic stuff. Um, I guess I'll just fact-check you right now on the uh, Anthony Peeler <laughs> stats. This is a good fact-check. <laughs> um, no, nope. it's not Anthony Peeler. Uh, he's third, actually, so there's two guys ahead of him. Carl wow. Anthony Towns has more three-pointers wow. made, and Andrew Wiggins had a good, uh, you know, close to uh, close to 70 more made than Anthony Peeler. So. Mm. Oh. Sorry, yeah, Carl rule. Anthony Espen says, consider this a public <laughs> apology. I got clickbaited. Tough one, Carl. The unwritten rule of podcasting is never fact-checked during the show. Wait till after yeah. the show. Uh, <laughs> he was number one for a while, I guess. Yeah, yeah, he, he was one number one. Before, uh, yeah, I assume Wiggins uh, eclipsed him. He was him. number yeah. one from 2003 until whenever Wiggins passed him. Not bad. Not bad, not bad. Um, so Cavaliers, Tass, is is this? You said I guess it's not your answer, but they did look great. Who are you going with though? Who do you have the most confidence in of Charlotte, Washington, Cleveland, and, and Minnesota? I have a feeling you're going Washington. Am I right? Heck no. Uh, of course I'm going to stick with everybody else who doesn't want to talk about the Washington Wizards. The Wizards are are solid, no doubt, with uh, Dinwiddie and Beal in the backcourt and KCP providing a little defense. You got Kuzma there at the four. They still haven't got Rui Etchemore. Uh, they seem like I, I mentioned all those guys because they're a good regular season team uh, because they have all that depth and then it gets deeper and deeper onto the bench. So um, the fact that they're coming out and playing well defensively when they haven't been a good de- defensive team historically, they've got a Montrez Harrell off the bench, great regular season player. So they should be good. Uh, they, they should be up there. I think it's the Hornets spot though amongst all these four teams even though i said the Cavs were a surprise team to potentially make the playoffs i don't think the hornets should be a surprise they were up there last year uh they're they're sticking around the play-in tournament and uh, i think they got some great things going for them and miles bridges uh who is ridiculous you said harrison barnes part of the mvp talk yep. just throw miles bridges in there there he I mean, is the guy, it's ridiculous uh 26 points last night seven threes He's, you know, it's surprising that he is um, a good three-point shooter historically. I, I just don't consider him a three-point shooter, but his make or his takes have gone up, way up to seven. So even if he takes a step back, I think what they got going for them is that Gordon Hayward's been a number one guy for a long time, so he's he can play better. I think the thing that's flying under the radar with them is that Lamelo Ball uh, hasn't finished two of the five games because he just hasn't been playing well. So Ish Smith goes in there and takes his mm-hmm. spot, uh, but because they're winning. That doesn't matter. I think uh, people, I think we're a little too quick to anoint uh, LaMelo Ball as their number one guy. I think we can pump the brakes on that. But you go to Minnesota, who I want to be this team. I, I, I hope that they can find their way. Uh, if you were talking about the you know the rookie of the year race last year, LaMelo beat Anthony Edwards. I think Anthony Edwards has grown into virtually their number one guy. I think he got better in the offseason. He looks at, hey, stop. 
change direction. He's got so many more paces to his game. Uh, he's raised the ceiling of this team. I think he's grown in year two. And the way he closed out that game, two big buckets late, he is their go-to guy. So I want it to be the Wolves, but I think the Hornets make more sense in the East. And yeah, the Cavs, I'm I'm hot on them. I, I know they started well last year and faded, but I think the difference is go into that paint now with Evan Mobley and Jared Allen in there, two guys that you know weren't part of their team at the beginning of the year last year. Um, and Try and score. Try and score against those guys that can move their feet. It's just, it's hard. They're a weird team uh, because, you know, they start Lowry Markin as a seven-footer at the small forward spot. What? Uh, but they have so much length. Sexton playing for his next contract. Ricky Rubio and, and uh, Kevin Love off the bench. It's it's a strange mix, but they got a lot of defense. they got a lot of offense, and uh, they can, uh, you know, they can balance that out. So I think that the defense will keep them going. So it's, it's a, it is a tough question. And, and you're right, Skeets, the Wiz could be there because they're yeah. solid. Oh, yeah. I mean, I asked this question on Twitter this morning. Got a lot of great responses. I just wanted to run through a couple. There were sort of votes for every team. Chris said, I picked the Hornets to finish top six in the East, so I got to stick with that pick. Okay. Ziggy, he said, Hornets by a miles. <laughs> nice. Fun. Yeah. Nice. Uh, Bell said, my heart says Cavs. My head says Hornets. Nuno says, I'm high on the Wolves. Cat is definitely on another level mentally. Edwards is a walking highlight bucket, and D'Lo is showing glimpses of his Nets version. Snacks on Snacks, great name, said the Wolves just played their best defensive game literally since Kevin Garnett left. I'm high as a kite on this team. And then (laughs) some love for the Wizards. Glenn said the Wizards would probably be considered the oldest of these four teams. They would get my vote. And then Jack Kogod, unsilent gotta shock the world and say uh say the wizards here they're doing this with like (laughs) two-thirds of of a functioning beal and that is an interesting point lily bradley beal is not killing it by any means Mm -hmm. it's the depth of the washington wizards with all these pieces that they've acquired that's helping them uh start three and one here so maybe that's a that's a good sign if beal starts playing up even more to his level well then maybe they maintain this so i think if i'm picking between these four I might go Washington in having watched some couple of their games. There's a lot of good, just decent basketball players on this team, and you still have Beal as an all-star. So I'll go Washington, but I hope all four of them maintain this. I hope every team finishes 41-41 and 41 at the end of the year. <laughs> what happens then? Well, a lot of tiebreakers, I guess. Hey, Trey? If the Raptors aren't making the play-in <laughs> tournament. Well, what do you mean? If everybody's 41-41. and 41, <laughs> I'm just saying, if the Cavs are good, the Wizards are good, and the Hornets yeah, are good. Yeah, tough. Yeah. Not a lot of spaces in the East. No, conference. no, but uh, we'll get to the wraps here in a sec. Uh, just anything with Washington there, Lily, uh, with your boy Beal, you know, having a slow start, but that's okay when you're winning. No, he is. I mean, 33% from the field, 16% from downtown, and yeah, his scoring crazy. is down basically 12 points from last season. But if you're the Wizards, they're playing better. They're, they, they just look like a better team. And those veterans, you know, Kuzma, KCP out there, giving them something that they didn't have, I don't think, last year. Just a little bit more balance, uh, a bit more defense, and just a few more options there. It wasn't just the Westbrook and uh, and Beal show. So I think you'd take that if you're the Wizards. You know, you, you sort of feel there's a little bit more sustainability, I think, with this lineup than they had last season. So we'll see. Good win in Boston. Boston's another team that's uh, struggling out the gate, though, yep. too. Yeah. Yep. Unfortunately for the Wizards, Daniel Gafford uh, had to leave that game with a quad contusion. He's set for an MRI, so we'll see how... Uh, serious that is that sucks because he's a really good player for the Wizards as well okay we'll wrap this up with uh just maybe flying through the other games from last night you had Van Vliet scoring 26 Raps beat the Pacers for their first home win 
in over 600 days. Wow. Uh, oh, in wow. Toronto, there. That's a that's crazy. Uh, Trey Young had 31 points to lift the Hawks. Ka-ka, past the Pelicans, 102-99. Close game down there uh, on ESPN. And then McCollum had 25 points as the Blazers beat the Grizzlies, 116-96. Pulled away late in that one. Just uh, about the Raps, Tass. I know you were watching. I saw you tweeting. About Scotty Barnes with the dinkers and the dumpers. Uh, this rook, another great game for him. This was the Raptors. I know they hammered the Celtics, so they played well in that one. I thought they played a really solid game here as well last night. Um, but a lot of a lot of positives for the Raps bounce back here. You know, Scotty Barnes being a, a big one. That guy's got great hands. I mean, he really does, and he shows a lot of patience for a rookie. I think. Yeah, no doubt. And he's definitely part of the Rookie of the Year conversation right now with Mobley and Giddy can get in there. Uh, there there's some guys in there that, uh, you know, kind of unexpected. Delano Banton, yeah. Uh, okay, that's a little extreme second-round yeah. pick for the Raptors. But no, Cade and, and all that. So Barnes is making his uh, his way into the paint there. And I, I, you could tell that the Raptors had a real practice um, before this game because he was getting the ball in the right spots. A lot of the times uh, I, I found him, you know, sort of in the mid-range and everyone's sagging off him because he didn't, doesn't really want to shoot. He wants to play make, but things were different in this game. The dinking and the dumping was happening because he gets it in the post and he's just bigger and uh, strong for a rook. Uh, so he just turns and, and finds a way to get it up on the rim and it drops because he, he really does. And he was getting uh, a lot of buckets just being a screener in this game. So he had a little bit of space. It wasn't it wasn't the same where a guy was guarding him and sagging him. I think uh, Nick Nurse did a good job of, of getting him space, creating space for him. That's why he had 18-7-7. Seven, and seven. Uh, So I think the Raps just learned where to be a little bit more in the, between the last couple games. So they looked like a different team. And they were, you know, ganging up on uh, Sabonis. So that was... Yeah. Uh, that's, it worked I, really well. I thought he was going to kill them last night. I mean, he scored the first six points. I was like, oh, this is going to be a long night for Raps fans. Sabonis is just going to destroy them inside. And then that was like, he went MIA after that. And they threw a lot of bodies at him. Um, so that was a smart uh, coaching call there, I think, from Nurse. Just try and get it out of his hands and make anybody else on the Pacers beat you. Uh, OG was super aggressive. You know, he said Scotty Barnes, Van Vliet finally found his three-point shot. But one move Nurse made was uh, Dragic, uh, bye. Um, he hadn't given us anything in the first couple of games. Let's go to Banton, uh, the second-round pick uh, for the Raps. Uh, you know, Rexdale's own. He's, fr- he's a Canadian kid. This guy, you know, we've, we've debated before, Lee, about the, uh, the difference between someone that is fast and someone that is quick. And I believe there truly is a difference. Mm-hmm. This guy is the perfect example of a guy that is fast, but I don't think he's all that quick, uh, which is very strange. But, man, in open speed... He's got the longest stride, it feels like, in the league. He's super, super, super fast. And he had 10 points, 4-7 shooting, 3 assists in 16 minutes. So I think a great call by Nurse to just inject some life into this squad. He made some errors. He's a rook. But a different pace than a guy like Dragic is going to play with at this point in the career. And it, and it paid off at least in one game. Yeah, and I think Dragic will be okay with this. He's a veteran who's been around forever, and he's trying to get to a different team that may be a little closer to a championship. So I don't think he's going to pout or anything like that. I think he'll uh, sit on the bench and wait for his turn. And I think he will be okay for the Raptors because he he is still a steady veteran that they're going to need at some point. But Mm -hmm. uh, for Nick Nurse, they needed to shake things up because they needed a win badly. Uh, I mean, both teams did. The Pacers needed a win badly here as well. But the Raptors couldn't afford to drop another one, especially at home, I thought. And, uh, yeah, very convincing victory in the end there last night. So uh, that's important. Yeah, Banton, being Canadian, he gets a great... He's like Scotty Barnes. Everyone loves him. He's very popular with the fan base already. That's funny. I thought I would think he was more 
quick no and fast <laughs> no I, he's I, not I mean, he I, actually isn't it's really weird he moves weird too i don't yeah. know what these canadians he's got how these they move long gangly yeah yeah, but once, like, just once he gets going, like, what, like he's slow out of the blocks, but man, holy crap, once he gets going, he is mm. really, really fast, okay. Uh, okay. sort of in the open court. That's sort of where I'm drawing the difference. Sure. Uh, yeah, but uh, a good win. They needed that, like you said. Anything else, uh, Trey, from the other games or, or this one, you know, with the Hawks pulling out the victory over the Pelicans? Or, um, like I said, the late game there with the Blazers finally getting, well, not finally, but getting a much needed win as well? I consumed the Blazers game. Let me ask you guys a question here. Mm-hmm. Just kidding. Just kidding. I can't ask any more <laughs> questions. Uh, Yusuf Nurkic actually was impressive to me in this game. He only finished with six makes on eight shots, 17 points. But when he's playing with force and when he is kind of that middle guy for the Blazers being able to kick the ball around uh, from side to side, he had no assist, but he was passing the ball. And I thought he was rolling to the hoop really hard. And I think that having anybody who puts pressure on the rim helps the Blazers at any time. Damian Lillard still struggling, 20 points yeah. on 22 shots, 4 of 11 from 3, which is hey, fair enough, but CJ McCollum's picking up the slack. He had 25 last night. A good win for the Blazers because, I don't know, the Grizzlies have been playing pretty hard lately. They've been playing well and surprising people. Ja, we know, has been incredible, but the Blazers handled them pretty easily, and in the second half, they really just ran away. All right, let's get to a little bit of news here. Um, nothing crazy, but this one coming from the score uh Trey, the report is Joel Embiid playing through an injury to make up for Ben Simmons' absence. The score pulling this from, uh, I guess, uh, Ramona Shelburne with ESPN and what she was uh, recently saying about Embiid and the knee injury and why he's out there. Um, yeah, what you, would you make of this headline and, and this uh, report coming from Ramona? I had Joel Embiid as my player under the most pressure in our preseason preview podcasts, and this is exactly why, because... Not only can Philly just look like they're missing Ben Simmons like they did in the Knicks game when all of New York's guards were scoring pretty easily and kind of just roasting uh, Steph Curry, or sorry, Seth Curry and Danny Green, they also can't rest Joel Embiid at this point right now. The guy, as we know, has missed a lot of time in his NBA career, 10 to 20 games almost every season, or he does what he's been doing so far this season, toughs it out and plays through a couple of little knick-knack kind of injuries apparently he bumped knees on opening night mm-hmm. and he just hasn't been great so far this season 44 percent from the field that's low for a big guy no double digit rebound games and he hasn't scored more than 22 in a game but philly really can't rest him at this point because he's clearly their number one player and he's clearly the driver of their offense and philly wants to keep pace in the eastern conference they had the number one seed in the Eastern Conference last year. So to me, just more and more pressure on Daryl Morey to be able to figure out something to help the depth with this Philadelphia team. They've got one star. He's hurting already. He's got a long history of missing time, and they're a week into the season still without their second-best player out there who hasn't been replenished with role players. Daryl Morey doesn't want role players, but you might just need some players (laughs) at some point because, I mean... Uh, starting Andre Drummond eventually is probably what will happen when Embiid needs to sit down for a little bit, but just uh, more and more bad news, really, for the Sixers. Yeah, Lee, we were wondering, you know, in that game against the Knicks, that loss, only only one of Embiid's shots came in the paint. And we gave a lot of credit to Mitchell Robinson, for sure. Uh, He did a great job on him. But, you know, maybe there is this as well, that he's laboring out there. Anything to add to it? 
Oh, only that you can look at him and tell that he's not uh, doesn't have that sort of total freedom that he likes to have, that explosion and that dominance. Last season, I thought, was his most Shaq-like season where he could take guys into the chamber there and uh, really you know, use his size to, to get to his spots. But against the Knicks, he did not look like that at all. He did get to the free throw line a lot most of this season for him, but uh, he didn't look like he wanted the ball. He didn't look like he wanted to dominate. And I think that's partly because he just didn't feel he was able to do that. So, uh, you know, yeah, he's a, he's a big guy. He's a heavy guy. He's likely going to miss games at some point throughout the season, maybe a little earlier than uh, needed. But, um, yeah, it'd be, it, it'd be disappointing if uh, if the Sixers are without him too because uh, he's awesome to watch when he's at his best, but clearly wasn't against the Knicks the other night. So we'll see how he goes these next uh, few games and weeks here. I mean, it is fascinating to ask, does this apply more pressure to Daryl Morey and the Sixers organization to to uh, come to a conclusion at least with this Ben Simmons thing? Either he's coming back and playing or, yep, we got to trade him for the best deal out there right now because we need bodies like TK said. Yeah, I think so, because this has been a thing with Joel Embiid over the, the past several years. We saw it in when Ben Simmons went down in 2020, um, and anytime he goes down, there's a lot of pressure uh, on Embiid to do a lot. It's a top-heavy team, for sure. Um, I guess the pressure kind of goes to Tobias Harris, but it's not happening right now. I mean, there, there is just a lot of pressure on Embiid, so it makes it more glaring, that's for sure. It's just it's apparent. He needs a backcourt partner. I think he was... He was a, a little bit uh, schematic. I think he was planning something when he took the mic and he said to the Philadelphia crowd before game one, hey, Ben Simmons is still our brother, so love that guy, okay? Because I want him to be back. He wants him back, man. He definitely understands they need a guard out there. Uh, it, it just happens with Joel Embiid. 2019, we remember that rap series, just got injured, got sick, whatever whatever was happening. It just It's going to happen where he just can't carry the load, uh, you know, game in and game out. They tried, uh, they, they try and keep him fresh, and it's smart. And it's, we saw the best version of Embiid last year as uh, the MVP runner-up, mm-hmm. and he went into the playoffs, and he was just, he was very, very good. But he gets gassed uh, come fourth quarters. It's just, it's a lot on his shoulders. And yeah, they need a backcourt player big time, or else you're relying on Tobias Harris, or you're relying on Danny Green talking about. Uh, former or Raptors that that look a little bit funny, move a little bit funny. Yeah, Danny Green, number one. Delano Blanton, number two. Uh, <laughs> uh, there's uh, he, they they were, who are they relying on in that backcourt? Um, you know, it's Tyrese Maxey's a lot of pressure on him. Furkan Korkmaz is not his thing. So yeah, they they desperately need somebody, and it would be nice if Big Ben suited up for them you know, tomorrow. <laughs> they 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 need bodies, as, as Trey said. Final little piece of news here. Let's slip it in from the Associated Press. J.J. Redick joining ESPN as an NBA analyst following his 15-year career. Tass, you know, he's got the podcast. Now he's going to take it to TV, just like us, following in our footsteps. (laughs) And then he'll be back to just podcasting. (laughs) Well, it's funny you say that because... I think he's got uh, he's got bigger dreams on the brain than just being an analyst on a show, right? Like, I think he's going... He's going into ESPN to use the resources there to make something yep. huge. He's, he's got plans. He's, he's mentioned it uh, multiple times while doing his podcast that he wants to change the game. He wants to change the way we talk about sports, how sports are, are uh, shown to us. And, and I think that's, that's, that's his plan. Like he's, he's not just going to be there to be an analyst. I think he wants to get in with the decision makers, so he's getting in there. Um, to yeah, to, to to try and make some something happen where it changes the way we consume sports. So he's a smart dude. The podcast has been very good. 
and uh, he's not done. He'll be back. He'll be back as a podcaster. Well, he, yeah, he's making his debut as a studio analyst on November 3rd for the Nets-Hawks game. And then the plan is that he's going to be calling some games, too, uh, Trey, for ESPN. So that, that's sort of cool. He's going to be maybe doing both of them. And he's been podcasting for a while um, with his uh, 342 production. So, yeah, you like this move? You think JJ is going to flourish in a, in a studio analyst role or maybe even a sideline calling a game? Let's see how spicy he is. That's what it always comes down to when an ex-player joins a TV mm. broadcast. Will they say anything? Because he says a lot of stuff on his podcast. Yeah. Being right out of the league, he's willing uh, to talk about uh, all the events that are going on and give his honest opinion. It's a little bit different when you get to TV, but this is already kind of a full circle story for J.J. Redick. ESPN made him a star when he was in college, when he was the biggest name in all of sports, basically. He was riding it high back then, went to the NBA, slow at the beginning, picked it up at the end, became a media star. Next thing you know, he's going back to ESPN to talk basketball. Lee, do you, listen, point. Do you listen to his podcast? <laughs> nah. <laughs> Oh, no, it's not, you know, I mean, no, I just have don't. You ever, I, I'd heard, have you ever listened to one, his podcast? Yeah, I heard him and Kyle Corver once talking about uh, the mechanics of shooting. It was oh, great, well, but uh, I haven't listened up, to yeah. it since. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Skeets, I don't know if you're still looking at the article, but it doesn't matter. No matter where J.J. Reddick goes, it's an announcement, or no matter where it's written, they always double up the D in Reddick. In that ESPN article, the last time they write Reddick, did he they gets really? doubled up on the oh, D. On. Let me look. Go, Let me I look. swear it goes single. They they spelled it right the first three times he's yeah, mentioned. Yeah. Then the fourth time he goes, it went double D. Uh, it's, it's been uh, it's been corrected. No, what? no, there it is. There it is. There it is. <laughs> the final time they say his name, there's the double D, Red Dick. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Good eye, Tass. Man, look at you. We, it's hard, man. It's hard not to do a double D when you when you type out Reddit. <laughs> yeah. He just looks like a double D type of guy, doesn't he? <laughs> okay, let's take one more break and then we'll get to Tweet of the Night. This episode is brought to you by Michelob Ultra, the official beer sponsor of the NBA. Want to get closer to the game than ever before? Michelob Ultra Courtside is giving fans the chance to win exclusive NBA prizes and experiences like official gear, courtside seats to an NBA game, and more. Head over to MichelobUltra.com slash courtside to learn more. Been doing a bunch of retirement planning stuff lately. So I've had documents flying in and out the mailbox. A lot of signatures, both analog and digital. A lot of phone calls, a lot of stamps. Got to get my long-term future straight. Yeah. Let me tell you, Skeets. The things we build our future around are the things worth protecting. Making an estate plan now means gaining security of your assets and peace of mind for you and your loved ones. Watch your assets. With Trust and Will, you can create and manage a custom estate plan starting at just $199. Go to trustandwill.com slash nodunks for 10% off plus free document shipping. Trust and Will's website is simple to use and the process is straightforward. In no time, you'll have peace of mind that your assets and wishes are secure with easy access and control of your estate planning. Each will or trust is state-specific and customized to your needs, whether it be care wishes, nomination guardians, final arrangements, or power of attorney. It's easy to ensure your family and loved ones avoid lengthy, expensive legal proceedings or the state deciding what happens to your assets. Secure your assets and protect your loved ones with trust and will. Get 10% off plus free shipping of your estate plan documents by visiting trustandwill.com slash nodunks. That's 10% off and free shipping at trustandwill.com slash nodunks. 
All right, back with no dunks. GD, you fired up the stream team because everybody wants to know where's Lee's policy genius ad read from yesterday where he was struggling to get through it. He was he was in tears with the giggles, and we were worried after we wrapped up the show. I mean, are we keeping that? Like, is policy genius going to be upset? They loved it, apparently, JD. They were, they, were tweet, they were tweeting at Lee saying it was a top three ad read on no dunks of all time. That's great. Yeah, I mean... <laughs> It's like one of those things where you go, uh, you know what? I'm not even gonna ask. I'm just gonna put. I'm gonna put it in the show. And if they they don't like it, well, we'll get our wrist slapped. Uh, it's happened before. Yeah. We've we've been. They've people have uh, complained before, but uh, not this time. Policy genius, good on you. You got a great sense of humor. Uh, you know, you're gonna hear it again probably this week. Oh, exciting! <laughs> exciting it's stuff. It's a classic. Uh, oh, nice tease. Yeah, nice ad tease right there. <laughs> wow, we're, we're pitching ad reads coming up later in the week. Uh, I will say though, if you don't know what we're talking about, fire up uh, Wednesday's No Dunks Daily podcast and go seek out Lee's Policy Genius ad read. It's one for the ages. He. He just couldn't stop laughing, and then I was in tears, and then that, you know, it just, it's, it transfers from guy to guy, yeah, yeah, yeah. where you just, everybody starts laughing. Even yeah. Tass, who's usually stone-cold-faced now, I think I even heard him giggle a little bit, because you just could not get the ad read out. Even over Zoom, doesn't matter. We don't have to be in the same room to have contagious giggles. People, people are dropping the like a timestamp for uh, the uh, policy genius ad read from Wednesday's show. Thanks, Ricky. I guess it's one oh four forty. I won't fact check you on that one. Hopefully, you guys uh, nailed this one. Okay, uh, let's get to tweet of the night. Mm, tweet of the night. Wow. Twitter. Tweet of the night goes to Anthony Edwards, sort of. Let's, uh, let's take a step back, set the scene here. Anthony Edwards, the Minnesota Timberwolves, great player. And like many people during the pandemic, he got a pet. He got a dog. I've shown him to you before. Yes, you love <laughs> I love this yeah. dog. Yeah, he's a cool, cool dog, but yep. great name. His name is Ant Jr. <laughs> Ant Jr., named after Anthony Edwards, obviously. So I love that. I love Anthony <laughs> Edwards, oh. Mojo. Yeah, that's where it comes from. Um, so uh, he had a, he had a very good game against Milwaukee Bucks, and he came through late, up to 15 seconds left. Edwards drove, scored to seal it, beauty, and that's when this tweet came from Ant Junior. What clutch? <laughs> that dog, dog. That dog's got Grammarly. <laughs> no period needed, just clutch. Uh, so this is a great tweet. Thank you so much to Ant Junior. For tweeting that out, I don't know who jumped on the Ant Junior Twitter account. Um, it's not controlled by anyone with the Timberwolves. I'm pretty sure, right, right. Um, but great, great tweet. And, and Trey mentioned uh, a little bit of that quote from earlier because Anthony Edwards always good for a quote. They beat the uh, they beat the Bucks, and Yanis Antetokounmpo had 40, no big deal. But he said after the game about trying to stop Yanis, he said, "With a guy like that, you can't stress about him scoring." That's what he gonna do. Mother is like 7'2", 280 pounds. Shit. We put four people on him and he'll still score the ball. He's just cool. Even when he's playing basketball. He can't help it but be cool. Uh, And let me drop you uh, one more tweet of the night. Because of uh, a cool guy named Dave DeFore from The Athletic. (laughs) With a cool tweet. We wrote this about uh, the Cavs, who they're, they're doing well. Everybody talking about Kevin Love oh. being dealt. 
because, you know, he's at the end of his contract. He's older or towards the end of his contract. Got to go to a better team. Well, Dave DeFore tweeted, cool of the Cavs to get Kevin Love onto a playoff team. Classy move. Ah, ah. Way to go, DeFore. Good just engagement on that tweet for just, DeFore. Uh, back to Ant Jr. Yes. The dog tweeting clutch. Um, mm-hmm. Can we now say, uh, well, we know a man's got to have a dog. Does a dog right. gotta have a Twitter account? <laughs> dog's gotta have a tweet. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's better. Yeah, dog's, dog's gotta, gotta have a tweet. Man's gotta have a dog. Dog's gotta have a tweet. See, would you rather? Because I think what's hotter for dogs is to have an Instagram account. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Because mm. you know photos. But I guess yes. you could you could do photos on Twitter. So should a dog have a Twitter account or a dog have an Instagram account? Lee, dogs Lee, can't do both. Lee, if you ever get a dog, I know you're, uh, especially your son Sebastian mm. w- would like a pet at some point. Um, are you going to get an Instagram account just for your dog? So it's a classic. Uh, People do it. Yeah, I, I probably wouldn't. But if he wanted one, I wouldn't. I could introduce it social media slowly into his life that way. So okay, you can into have the an dog's Instagram life account or into Sebastian's kid. life. Uh, to the kid's life. Okay. So there you go. You can manage that. So I You're wouldn't. Not- I was going to say, dogs aren't supposed to watch screens before they're two years old. <laughs> <laughs> That's why you can never teach them new tricks. Uh, Is that why Luna doesn't have an Instagram account yet until she's two? Yeah, she she's one. too young. You're right. Once she's yeah. older and then I feel comfortable with her photos on the internet. <laughs> yes. Uh, Luna has an Instagram account. Mine. At J-E-S-T. Yeah. yeah, I think that's honestly the reason why we don't have a separate one. It's like, I don't want to operate. We already operate two as it is, if you can count no dunks and then the, and the posting we do there. So it's like, I don't want a third one. No, thank you. So you'll just you'll just see the Luna photos on my Instagram account. Thank you for the plug, at J.E. Skeets, to go see uh, <laughs> my beautiful dog, who someone had the nerve to say looked like a rat the other day in a Top <laughs> Shot Hot Boys. Hmm. <laughs> I, will, I will fucking I fight you. I don't know who this person is. I don't know if he's joking. You can say anything about me. I've heard it all. You start talking about my dog. Oh, 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 oh. We're throwing paws. Um, but, <laughs> Good one. I told Nora she was even more fired up. Like, you're, you're, I mean, don't don't come around here, man. You are not. What, what was the context like? Was I, I, she like, in the Luna background? Luna was okay. Or? We did Top Shot Hot Boys. Trey, right? Luna Luna was in the background, and uh, yep. she was lying there like, like Sweet Luna does on the bed behind she's me, like a standard dog. And I guess because she's black and white, this guy just drops like a I don't know. He just drops like a rat reference on my dog, and I was like, "What?" I mean, I didn't bring it up in the show, but I saw it. Obviously, stuck with me. Got temper boy fired up, so uh, <laughs> I've been able to uh, stop thinking about this guy. He's in, he's in my dreams. <laughs> Brutal. Brutal. Living rent free in your doghouse. JD, if somebody came over yeah. to your house, saw your dog, and. and said, uh, I don't know, what does your dog look like? I'm trying to think of an insult for your dog. But anyway, just insulted your dog. What are you, what are you doing? I'm, I'm, I would be fine. I'd be, I would probably agree with the person, to be honest. Yeah, I think you've dog, insulted I've, your dog before. Yeah, I'm pretty ruthless with my dog. He's, he's a great he's a great guy, my dog. He's really, really a great guy. But uh, I've, I've said it before. He's like, uh, he's a template for a dog. Like, he's the basic dog. Like, if you're playing a video game, he's the main avatar before you start adding all the good things about a dog. Like, a cool cool stuff about your dog. He's without any of those accoutrements. He's just a plain, 
perfectly fine dog. dog. Right. Well, I mean, placement level dog. Yeah. So you're saying, wasn't there a thing in the NBA that was it? Was it Petrus was considered the most average NBA player in terms of like his size? Right. Hot. Yeah. Yeah. And then mm-hmm. maybe Jason Richardson was at one point too. But you're saying your dog yeah. is just uh, the Petrus of the dog world. <laughs> That's exactly right. That's exactly what I'm saying. Right. Starter dog. <laughs> <laughs> Got to upgrade eventually. Yeah. The only insult I would allow about my dog, if somebody came over and called my dog a flea bag, I would just laugh. She doesn't have fleas, but I think that like that's a cool vintage yeah, okay. insult. Totally. You don't yeah. hear people called flea bags that often. Do I would be more offended at the bag part of the flea bag, right? Like the fleas are fine, but are you yeah. saying my dog looks like a bag? <laughs> How dare you? Uh, you could call your dog. You. Call your dog a weasel. Now we're talking flea bags. That got me on the oh, Cosmos. Do got, not call my dog a weasel. Yeah, it's a bad one. Yeah. Or a ferret. Oh my god. Uh-uh. The Honest worst. dog. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> pick up results. Grizzlies, Blazers, that was the game. Brought to you by Bet MGM. And uh, Portland was favored by two and a half, and they got the win. Like I said, we slipped in there. Didn't talk a ton about the game, but uh, pulled away in the second half. And that's a victory for myself, a victory for Tass, and a victory for Trey. Lee, you are human. Uh, only your second loss. You're five and two. You're still in the lead. Trey four and three, and then Tass and I bring it up the rear at three and four. What's our game on tonight, um, Tass? Where, where are you going with this one? No question. <laughs> Knicks, Bulls. The Knicks going into Chicago. It's an unbeaten team, the only unbeaten team in the Eastern Conference. Chicago Bulls are two and a half point favorites on the New York Knicks. We've already talked about it uh, this week. It's a, it's gonna be a doozy. Unfortunately, it's not on uh, TNT. It's on NBA TV, so that's where you can find it. And most of you guys, you're going with the Bulls. I get it. Not Bulls. The Bulls are back. I get it. Yeah. Um, but I think there might be a little bit too much pressure here on the Bulls. Uh, what's going on tonight, Trey, in Chicago? What is going on? Well, Tass, it's Joachim Noah night at the United Center tonight. There is no chance the Bulls are losing pressure makes diamonds like the Bulls' six championship rings. Here's a, they had a big reunion for Joachim Noah last night. Brad Miller, Omer Ashik, and Kirk Heinrich, not to mention like every Bull who played with Joachim Noah. I even saw Carlos Boozer giving him a hug. I saw Aaron Gray was there. They brought back everybody from this team that made the Eastern Conference Finals one time. So (laughs) it's going to be exciting. It's going to be a big night on Twitter. This is the game of the year in the NBA, quite honestly. The Bulls and the Knicks have the most losses in the league since 2017. I don't know that they've gone against each other with winning records for five seasons, maybe, or something like that. So it should be exciting. Uh, It's going to be going crazy on Twitter. Bing Bong guy followed me on Twitter. Nice. Also the guy who says, KD, don't you regret not coming to the Knicks? <laughs> that guy followed like me that on guy. Twitter, yeah. so I'm expecting it to go down. Bing Bongs are going to be flying. Bulls by 20. Oh, wow. Okay. Bing Bong. <laughs> uh, starting tonight, the Bulls play 14 of 15 games against the 2021 playoff teams I saw, with the only non-playoff team being the Warriors. So, uh, <laughs> holy crap, this is going to be uh, quite, the, quite the run here by the Bulls. Let's see if they can keep the victories going. A lot of us have taken them. Uh, Tass, I guess you were the only one taking the Knicks mm-hmm. there to, to at least cover. Pressure. I think there's going to be pressure. You got Brad Miller in town. You got Kirk Heinrich in town. You got Elon Musk. I mean, Omar Ashik in town. 
<laughs> that's uh, pressure happening there. Hey, hey, I will say, uh, and I'm not the first to point this out. I mean, basically, that photo is the equivalent of us uh, sitting, <laughs> sitting at a pizza joint. Drinking some wine, talking about our dogs, uh, but it's a great photo there. Okay, so that's uh, hopefully it delivers in terms of uh, being an entertaining game between the Knicks and the Bulls. And, uh, you know, we were talking about this whole um, why is this not on TNT thing. Mm. It's uh, Mark Stein is reporting that typical NBA programming, like for Thursday nights, they're going to be gone. They're shifted to Tuesday nights now. Yeah. Uh, through the months of November and December in order to avoid competing against the NFL. Crazily. Wild stuff. That man. is wild. Strange. Like mm. Thursday night football? Yeah. <laughs> it's only one right. game, right? Weird. Yeah, I guess that uh, just has the market there. But no, I get see defeat. You've got to get out there and fight. You know, you got to take that uh, title off the NFL. It's going to be tough, but... I think the NBA can do it if they try really yeah. hard. So, okay. <laughs> Who so, you got uh, tonight, Lee? The Packers or the Cardinals? Oh, wow. What a matchup that is. Uh, A Rodge versus. Uh, A Rodge. A Rodge? Yeah, A Rodge. The Packers, the Packers to me, seem, the Packers to me seem, seem like the. Um, like the Spurs. They just always seem to be in the playoff hunt, you know. Never really, well, maybe not never close to winning the championship, but always one of those tough teams. So I say the Packers by a TD. <laughs> nice. <laughs> nice. Uh, and uh, Astros tying up the World Series there last night means I'm going to a World Series game. Game yeah, five, that's, that's right. locked that's in, right. baby. It's happening. I'm going to be uh, freezing my tootsies off there in game five, sitting up in the nosebleeds right now for for, uh, for the fifth game of the series because we know it's going at least that long. Any, uh, any baseball... Uh, Insights there from game two last night, Tass. I have to admit, I didn't watch a ton of it. I was sort of locked in on the NBA. Did you have a second screen going on that one? Yeah, for sure. Yeah, Freed looks fried. Max Max looked a little bit tired, I <laughs> yeah. thought. Um, is is the Braves pitching staff going to hold up? That's the question here. That's the question. Just get, grab some seeds, get on the bench, dip some dip. Uh, hopefully it'll be all right. <laughs> all right, games three, four, and five happening here in Atlanta. Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. But we'll be back later today. If you're a Survivor fan, we did have an episode last night. A weird one. A weird one. Yeah, that's it. No spoilers, but a strange Survivor episode. So we'll talk about it around 5, 5.30 p.m. Eastern uh, over on the No Buffs YouTube channel. That's where we're live. And then, of course, we flip that into a No Buffs podcast that you can find on Apple, Spotify. But it's not in the No Dunks feed. you got to search for No Buffs Survivor Again, either YouTube, Apple, Spotify, wherever you listen to podcasts. So uh, join us then. Can't wait to hear JD's and Trey's thoughts on that. Jason Concepcion, not joining us, I think, uh, unfortunately, today. Is that right, TK? You said he's got a, a, a prior arrangement. Yeah, he's ducking me because the Bulls are back. Oh, so. wow. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he wow. likes to end every episode by reminding us that the Knicks are back, which they are, can't deny it, but the Bulls are even more back. So pretty convenient that he has to miss today's episode, oh, I would say. Very, very convenient. Very interesting mm. timing there, mm. Jason. Anyway, we'll be talking about mm. that. And then tomorrow, it's Friday already. <laughs> Why did I say it like that? <laughs> it's Friday already. Uh, we'll have the Drop Podcast. Uh, at 10 a.m. Eastern, live on YouTube. Uh, send in your questions. No dunks at theathletic.com. Tweet at us at no dunks inc. Subscribe, like, comment below the video here on YouTube. Help us defeat the algorithm. 
Yeah, drop any of the questions you guys have down below, and we will see you tomorrow. Clipper Bros. You heard it here first. Have a great time. Turn up. Love you guys. Awesome. Thanks for joining us. And remember, I think Jason's not joining No Buffs later today because of what happened to uh, one of his picks to win. Because that shouldn't have... No spoilers. (laughs) Uh, I'm getting worse at trying to be this non-spoiler spoiler guy. But anyway... um, I didn't really like that hour of Survivor. Embrace the day, people. (laughs) You could stay. As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10. Place your first bet on any game and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager.